When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The holidays are still a little ways away, but you may want to start checking off your holiday shopping list now or face the prospect of coming home empty-handed later. I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. With us to talk about what the holiday shopping season will look like is CNET's e-commerce reporter, Laura Hotala. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. So we should start shopping now, huh? Right. So there are shortages for products that span several categories, but that doesn't mean there's going to be nothing to shop for. It just means that there's going to be shortages in specific things, and it's hard to say what they are right now. There's something in particular you want, you would want to consider shopping for it now. Yeah, and and we've heard about these supply constraints all year long. I'm curious how bad it's going to get in the holidays. Is it going to get worse, just you know, made worse by all the increased demand, or is it just the same problem that's been running through this entire year? Well, there is always the opportunity for things to get worse. Um, but you're right, there's a huge glut in demand right now. So things are moving almost twice as slow in some cases, uh, being shipped across the globe. Um, and so right now, it's just kind of all the factors that have built up over the pandemic, including, um, you know, early shutdowns that led to lags in production and then this huge demand and surge. And that triggered shortages in chips. It also um, helped trigger shortages in plastics, but that was made even worse by all the storms that hit the Gulf Coast last year, including Hurricane Laura, and then earlier this year, the giant ice storm in February. Um, so that, uh, you know, made it so that there are plastic shortages. And uh, due to things that don't really have to do with COVID, there's even um, um, increased price in magnets, which is making them harder to get. So there's all kinds of things adding up to shortages. And then, of course, if there is a COVID outbreak at a port, um, or another storm, or any, you know, if, if another boat gets lodged in the Suez Canal, there's always something that could happen in the future uh, to trip things up even more. And right now, things are kind of at max capacity. So there's no more flexibility in like hiring and supplies, and um, you know, the the shipping containers we use to ship these things are already scarce. So if something else happens, that's just going to have an even bigger domino effect. Yeah, I think we all have learned a lot more about what the supply chain and distribution network looks like and how fragile it really is, right? It just takes one one boat to get stuck in the Suez Canal to like cause this this huge pile up. Um, talk a little bit more about the the sort of the shipping aspect too cuz I I'm fascinated by you know there's the scenes of these these uh, ships, these cargo ships stuck at ports. I mean, like how, how bad has it gotten over the last year in terms of actually getting the stuff onto our ports? It's not even about making or being able to build the stuff. It's about physically, physically getting it here, right? Yeah. So once ships are getting here, especially at Los Angeles, Long Beach, which is, um, you know, taking in the, a huge amount of these ships for products coming into the U.S. There's been backups. And I think uh, last weekend, there was a record at 73 ships, um, you know, at anchor waiting to be unloaded outside the port. They're just floating in the ocean there outside the port. Um, and that's caused spillover to go to other ports. But 
I mean, the the thing is, there's just, you know, the, those ports have their capacity and of course they're going as, as fast as they can. But, um, you know, even though things are moving more slowly uh, to even get there, then once they get there, there's still so much product that it's taking a lot of time to get everything unloaded. Yeah, I'm curious because there's, there's this, uh, there, there's all these stories about the supply issues and, and folks not being able to get things. But at the same time, uh, as you know, today is the launch of the iPhone and you know, millions of folks are expected to get their iPhone today had they, if they had pre-ordered it last week. I'm curious what, like, how it is that like, a company like Apple is able to get their phones in and like almost like clockwork have your new phone delivered on launch day versus some of these other issues that we're seeing with, like you said, the shipping uh, with these cargo ships and with just the overall supply constraints. Right. So, I mean, Apple is, of course, renowned for um, really intense events preparation. Um, So I have to imagine that, you know, they have their ducks in a row. Uh, You know, it also is just a little bit of randomness, but what gets um, hit. So, uh, you know, luckily nothing, uh, no storm hit whatever their supply was coming in, or if it did, it, it clearly had, they had enough time in advance. Um, you know, not every company has sort of the capital or logistics, um, mastery that Apple might have, but also, I mean, other companies are taking kind of extreme measures. Home Depot, um, has kind of, uh, gotten a cargo ship that will, that just, uh, it's kind of chartered to work specifically for them um, so that they don't have to, you know, have their, have their power drills and, and patio furniture stacked up with, you know, goods from thousands of other vendors on a ship that they don't have any say over. So um, that's one approach some companies have taken. Uh, so, you know, people are kind of going to a little bit of extremes to make sure everything works out. But, you know, in the case of Apple, probably like some of us who are already shopping for our holiday presents, it's, it's just a bit of advanced planning. Got it. And, you know, I guess the early advice is like if there's something that you want, you know, for the holiday shopping season, it might be prudent to just go out and buy it now. But what if you don't want to do that? Like, what are some of the alternatives to buying early? Yeah, you know, you might not want to be uh, looking at those shipping updates every day for however long it takes to get here. Or or maybe you're thinking this is the year to not buy something that has to be shipped from overseas. So there's a lot of options. Of course, there's the classic, you know, make something handmade or offer a, a, a voucher for free babysitting or yard care. If that's something that you can do and that the recipient would like. Um, there's also, you know, companies that make things locally, uh, local artisans or just companies that make their products in the U.S. And we did a series on that at CNET. So there's um, different ways to find those products. But, you know, you can find them on Amazon. You can find them just by looking at a local business's website or their Instagram or Facebook page. Um, there's also an increase in um, both refurbished electronics and secondhand luxury goods. Um, and those aren't necessarily cheap, but they're certainly cheaper than they would have been new. And uh, they're typically already in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about those shipping issues. And, you know, they're, they tend to be really high quality goods and your spend can go a little bit further than it would have. Um, you know, there's always also events and uh, zoo or museum tickets or that sort of thing. Um, anything that just doesn't involve waiting for something to be shipped from abroad. Right. And are there any, in the course of your reporting, were there any products or categories of products that you found that might 
be more significantly impacted by these shortages than others? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, but anything that has uh, chips, plastic or magnets has, has the potential to be hit by these shortages. Um, and so that that's a big thing. But, you know, when you hear about the kinds of things that have been affected so far, like there's been a tennis ball and golf ball shortage uh, and there's been a, a, a lack of pickles. Um, so it, there is a bit of randomness to it. Um, but if you're if the thing that you want is is kind of broad, like I want a flat screen TV, then probably there's going to be a flat screen TV for you to buy on Black Friday. Um, but if it's like I want this specific model of, you know, this electronic or this toy or what have you. Then, you know, if you're if you're getting into that area where maybe your child wants something really specific or you just know that your loved one would really like something, then, you know, you're kind of gambling if you wait. All right. Well, uh, you brought up Black Friday and I'm curious how or if you have any insight into whether we'll see the same kind of deals on Black Friday or if the supply issues might weigh into what the the pricing changes might be? That's a really good question. Um, I think what I've heard is that for like commodity products that are a little bit more interchangeable, like the flat screen TV or what have you, um, they, there's the potential for there still to be deals there. And for, you know, for companies that already have a good amount of stock in the, in the already in the U.S., there's, um, you know, they're going to want to sell that. Uh, so there's a potential for discounts there. But I did see some guidance um, uh, from sort of a logistics expert uh, company that that discounts aren't necessarily going to be driving sales this year um, because the demand is just so high. Um, people are are spending more than usual, um, and you know it just really depends. If you're looking for a deal, you'll probably find one. But it's um, uh, businesses are looking at it like that's not the only thing I need to attract customers. So I I recall the the big craze over Tickle Me Elmo, which you mentioned in your story, and how everyone was freaking out about trying to get one for their kids. Do you sort of see that that phenomenon happening this holiday season, but with like multiple products across the board? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Uh, you know, that I remember that too. And there hasn't been a, in recent years, one toy that like really dominates the way that one did. Um, but yeah, if it were to happen, it would probably hit multiple, multiple categories or toys because, um, you know, there are going to be potential shortages hitting anywhere. And so if there's something popular, uh, that has only gotten a limited supply in the country, that's going to really get the supply and demand totally out of whack. Um, there was a, a toy maker, a rainbow high dolls where who told a newspaper that they had, you know, made millions of dolls, but they weren't sure if they were going to get into the U.S. in time. Um, so, you know, if a toy like that emerged as popular, that would that would really be a challenge for parents. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, ultimately, when do you think we'll actually work our way out of these supply issues? Like, when do we get back to some level of normalcy? That's a really good question. I think there's just going to have to be um, an increase in capacity for this demand uh, because, you know, either this demand is going to decrease and I think that will take a fair amount of time or, you know, there's going to be an increase of materials and workers available and just, you know, work out those um, hitches. Uh, I think also it's going to, you know, these shortages are going to have to ease up and that's actually not expected to happen for a while. It's definitely not going to be improved by the end of the year. Um, So those industries that are dealing with shortages are going to have to uh, recover for, for some of that to ease up. Um, but I think, you know, I think things will have to balance out. 
um, at some point. And, you know, typically uh, demand does take a, a dip um, either in, in the first or second quarter of the year. Um, it was a little bit out of whack last year because of the pandemic. But if, 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 we, if we get ahead of the Delta variant and, um, you know, people are getting out more, that, that demand might also go down a little bit. Got it. Well, thank you, Laura, for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.